0: Uh, my topic today uh, as published online is education in Islam and I'm going to read just a couple of verses from the Holy Quran although I could have chosen any from a dozen or more for the topic chapter 39 verse 9 are those who know and those who know not alike only men of understanding mind chapter 22 verse 8 And among men is he who disputes about Allah without knowledge and without guidance and without illuminating book. Knowledge, the pursuit of education to further one's self is extremely important in Islam. One point of evidence of this is that the word knowledge is in all its various contexts, is the most used word in the holy quran after the word god so apart from god apart from the word allah knowledge is the most used word now most people i know most muslims that i know narrow the boundaries of this down to only gaining knowledge of our sacred text or just being educated in the Holy Quran and the various books that are built around our religion. And based on those two verses that I just read out, it could be argued that they're correct in this, but that is in fact wrong. An education of our religion is extremely important. ISIS and Al Qaeda are a perfect example Of groups who abuse the fact that some Muslims do not know their own religion uh, and who then teach these people a twisted version of the religion to further their own political agendas um, in various parts of the world and the detractors of Islam use the very same tactic to breed hatred of Muslims from not from non-Muslims some who learn about our religion from places like Fox News and some who simply memorize an ayat or two and quote them out of any context to try and prove some sort of non-existent point about Islam. And some Muslims react with violence because they love their religion, but they don't know how to protect their religion from these attacks. But if they truly knew and understood their religion they would know that the, they would know that Allah already warns us about groups like ISIS chapter 6 verse 144 in part says who is then more unjust than he who forges a lie against Allah to lead men astray without knowledge surely Allah guides not the wicked people it can't be any clearer than that the warning to us against people like ISIS and Al Qaeda and Allah goes further and warns us about our reactions to things like this chapter 18 verse 68 and how can thou have patience in that whereof thou has not a comprehensive knowledge we're being warned that we could turn to violence or aggression if we do not understand our religion to be able to argue against our detractors with patience and peace in our mind so yes proper education in our religious text is extremely important and that doesn't just mean memorizing the holy Quran in full or simply listening to your local Imam but that means reaching out to as many learned people as possible read as many varied books about Islam books that both praise explain, and yes, also criticize our religion so that, we can be, so that we can be prepared to answer people back. Not with violence, but with clear, logical arguments and statement of fact. <clears throat> but being well educated in the message of Allah is not enough. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, said, "Travel in search of knowledge, even if it takes you to China." So it is crystal clear from that that he is saying seek and absorb and absorb as much about the world and how it works as best you can. Do not just restrict yourself to your religious text. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was not just a prophet he was not just a messenger of Allah he was also a political leader and had to deal with many different tribes and cultures so he understood that to advance as a community we the Muslims needed to be at the forefront of science and technology and medicine so he made it a duty for Muslims to go out and seek as much knowledge as possible and in a way which would benefit all Muslims and keep the community together as one. And people took the Holy Prophet's message about knowledge and they fulfilled his command. And whilst medieval Europe was stuck in the Dark Ages, incredible scientific scientific advances were being made in the Muslim world. Muslims were developing what we now term as modern science. New disciplines emerged like algebra, trigonometry, and chemistry, as well as advances in medicine, mathematics, physics, astronomy, geography, architecture, literature, engineering, agriculture, and that's just to name just a few. Muslims like al-Zahrawi, who was a surgeon in Cordoba, invented many instruments for his work. His work was hugely influential in Europe, and many of his instruments, in the same form, are still used in, to this very day in surgery. Among the best known are the syringe, the forceps, the surgical hook and needle, the bone saw, and the scalpel. Every, those, um, capsules that we all um, take when we've got a headache, or when we're prescribed some medicine or other. Those things, they're all due to his discoveries and his work. Muslim doctors also invented uh, a type of anesthetic, which used opium and alcohol mixes. And they developed uh, hollow needles to suck cataracts from eyes in a technique that's still used today. Every time you go to Starbucks or Costa Coffee, you should be thanking Muslims because it was an Arab Muslim who was the first man to boil the beans and make the drink. The first pinhole camera, invented by a Muslim. Modern chess, the first attempts at a flying machine, the first parachute, modern day soap, distillation, the crankshaft, which is used in all the vehicles in the world, windmills, yep, you guessed it, all invented or first attempted by Muslims. Some, uh, many hundreds or sometimes thousands of years before European attempts of the same. And those are just a small sample of the many examples I could give you. All of these things Are of the consequence of following the holy prophet and following the words of the holy Quran and only after people lost sight of their religious beliefs and obligations did the scientific achievements of the Muslim world stop and fall into obscurity but these things were a long time ago And rightly, people ask, have or are we helping to push civilization forward now? What are are Muslims doing now? What what has the Muslim world brought to us now? And the simple answer seems to be that we're not, we're not helping push forward the boundaries of what's achievable achievable by human beings. Dr. Zahid Aziz stood here last year and gave an example that put the Muslim community to shame. Whilst India, the USA, Japan and the European space agencies have been sending rockets to the moon and Mars, Muslims have been trying to sight the new moon with their bare eyes and arguing about which day it's meant to be. <clears throat> How far we have fallen. And as Dr. Aziz said at, that, at the time, a great travesty for Muslims. A truly Islamic government is required to provide everything it can that promotes a high quality education for its people. But that isn't, that isn't happening. Saudi Arabia doesn't have the best universities in the world. Its education system, in fact, is based around the study of Islam with a large emphasis on memorizing as much of the Holy Quran as possible. And a 2007 World Bank report showed that 15% of all Saudis are illiterate. So, what is the point of memorising something if you never truly act on, on its instructions? <clears throat> Only a few days ago, a, a Saudi so-called cleric at a university which, which is believed to be in UAE He made himself famous by telling his students that the sun actually travels around the earth and that the earth is static and doesn't move at all. And in this lecture that he was giving at this university to his students, his evidence that he used was that if uh, if it didn't, then planes would not be able to land at their destinations. That was his proof that the earth is static because if you're it, it, basically what he said was if the plane goes up in the sky, it just needs to stand still. The earth will move and then the plane just needs to land. That was his evidence that the earth is static and doesn't move. And then he backed this up further by trying to use some sort of religious statements. And of course, he's been all over the news. Um, and of course, it's been highly embarrassing for the Saudis and for the university in the UAE. And when people go on holiday to places like Dubai and Abu Dhabi, you know, when, when tourists are going, shown around in buses, are they shown uh, and, to- and told about the amazing universities these places have? Uh, or the amazing medical advancements their teaching hospitals are making? No, they're shown around big empty mosques and told how each chandelier cost $18 million and shown the largest skyscrapers in the world, like that's something to be a proud of, that's, that's some amazing achievement. Well, actually, maybe they could be proud of the skyscrapers if an Arab educated engineer had designed them and built them, but these towers, they're all made by Western companies. <clears throat> so what about here in the UK? Surely things in the UK are better for Muslims. Well, Sadly, some statistics from the 2011 census seem to show that Muslims are falling behind the UK population in general and other minorities in education and jobs. The Daily Telegraph published a rather baiting article about Muslims and whether people are afraid of us. But within that article, they republished some very interesting statistics about the Muslim population here. Uh, But since writing this speech I've noticed that they've actually changed the controversial headline of that article because they received uh, quite a lot of uh, criticism for it. The article, so the article showed that the number of Muslims with a degree in the UK, uh, in Britain sorry, was at 24%, which was up from 20% in 2001. So that doesn't sound so bad, that sounds quite good actually, up 4% in the last 10 years. Except, when you compare those statistics with the Sikhs and the Hindus, 30% of Sikhs and a staggering 44% of Hindus have degrees in the UK. And the overall UK average is 27%. So Muslims are lagging far, far behind. 26% of Muslims in Britain have no qualification at all. But that's actually an improvement over the 2001 figures, which show a shocking 39% at that point had zero qualifications. And what what about work? What percentage of Muslims have never worked? According to the census, 21% of all Muslims have never worked a day in their lives in the UK. And that compares to the national average of just 4%. And that 21% doesn't include uh, people like students, for example, these are working age people who aren't in education. So what is the result of all these statistics? What what are we seeing from all this? Muslims are on average poorer, sicker, and less likely to own their own home, and more likely to live in bad areas. So as Britain gets richer and richer, Muslims are getting poorer and poorer. 46% of Muslims almost half of every single Muslim in the UK lives in the most deprived areas of this country a 2013 study found that Muslims are lagging so far behind uh, mainly due to socio what this what they've termed socio-economic and religious issues we live in the poorest areas with parents who speak little or no English They also indirectly point the finger at religion. Although, as I'm already suggesting in this speech, if all Muslims did follow our religious guidance, then these statistics would show that Muslims would be in fact leading in every area. Overall though, they found that the same issues which resulted in poorly or badly educated Muslims, plagued non-Muslims who live in similar conditions in the UK. So maybe all those people and the UK government should be talking less about Muslims integrating into the UK culture and lifestyle, and more about helping to educate the poorest in society, regardless of what their nationality or cultural background is. Now, I know that statistics are regularly spun and manipulated by people to prove whatever point That they want and we could look at the job stat that I gave and argue that for example Muslim women from the previous generation are more likely to be housewives and that could skewer the statistics um, etc etc but this brings to light a very real issue Muslims are falling further and further behind every single year and we're ever more reliant on the advances of the West to help us. <clears throat> and once again, our Jamaat, the Lahore Emdis, are leading the way. I've been coming to this mosque since I was born, 35 years, and <clears throat> since I was little, I remember every year the president of the Jamaat would stand here at this very lectern and read out the results Uh, read out the exam results of the students every single year. And each and every student achieved excellent results. Going on to become doctors and lawyers and professors. Professionals who then passed the same demands of achievement onto their children. The latest batch of youngsters here have achieved staggering results in their GCSEs and A-levels in the last few years. And all of us are following in the footsteps of our forefathers who are still celebrated around the world as intellectuals who advanced the cause of Islam. <clears throat> I'm... Uh, this is the end of the, my speech, I'm at the end of my speech, and. I almost always end all my speeches with what I'm about to say and I'm almost I'm always saddened when I when I say this because I seem to repeat myself so often but if we want to get back to the golden years of Islam the years that Islam pushed the boundaries of civilization forward we need to go back to the proper teachings of the holy Quran and the demands that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, put on all of us. So my parting message for all of you is travel in search of knowledge, even if it takes you to China.